What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongol, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev and Josh. The Hounds scored three goals against the battery, but it wasn't enough for three points. We're going to break it all down. Guys, It's like it feels like it's been like a month since I've talked to you. I've listened. I feel like I've partaken in the conversation, uh, even though it was from afar. But uh, lots of high school soccer for me for the past few weeks and for at least the next few weeks as well. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy I'm not hosting. Let's just put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we both had varying degrees of success hosting uh, in Mike's absence. You guys did great. I mean, short of the technical difficulties. And I tried to pop in during halftime or, you know, when the team was down 14 nothing, and, you know, just try to try to see what was going on with you guys. R- so. Ripping on your own son's soccer team. I, I like Jeez. it. <laughs> Listen, I, okay, I'll say this. Um, there is a clear, I, I'm trying to establish where the line actually is, but there is a clear line between, like, where teams from Westmoreland County sort of fall in and then teams from like Allegheny County. It's not the county line, but uh, you know, there have been some games that they've lost 16, nothing. There's games that they won 12 to two. So like it's all over the map, but the teams closer to the city definitely have players that you can tell probably play with the hounds. Um, They can play. And out here, there's basically two fall sports. There's football and there's soccer. So if you want to play a sport at school and it's not football, it's soccer. So the kids get out. They're they're energetic. But, um, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a good team. They enjoy being around each other socially. Uh, and we'll just sort of leave it at that. And, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. What else is new with you guys? What's what's been going on the past few weeks, Josh? How's uh, I don't know how how have things been? How things been? Doing yeah. good, doing good. Uh, it's going to be a short week for me at work because I'm going to Asheville on uh, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday and Friday. You're um, you're you're beating me by a week. I'm going to Asheville October nineteenth. Didn't sync what? up. What is in what's in Asheville? Like I feel like there's a hot spot that I'm missing here. What's going I'm going on? for a wedding. My friend uh pretty much they decided to get married in Asheville and they were like, Hey, we're just gonna be here for two weeks, so come down whenever you guys can and like you know, we'll kind of meet up, hang out. It's not really like a wedding wedding thing, it's more like a hey, we're gonna be vacationing after our wedding in Asheville, so like come hang out with us. So it was an open invitation to all the friend group and random bits of our friend group are like, okay, we'll go these days or we'll go these days. So yeah. So we'll be going up there on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Nice. Kev, what are you doing in Nashville? Uh, I mean, like we try to get there like three times a year. It's, it's a really, yeah. Yeah. It's a great spot. You um, can't come home for Christmas, but you go to Asheville three <laughs> times a year. It's a two hour drive. That's very <laughs> different than a 10 or 11 hour drive. Okay. It's not 11, but 10 hour drive. Um, you got you got a Tesla. It'll drive itself. You're fine. You just go to sleep. And yeah, and they just launch their autopilot. And just... yeah, and it's it's grading me. I was gonna say our dad was just raving. Well, not raving, but I guess he had he had his Tesla on autopilot down 22 coming out here this afternoon. So yeah, it's I, anyway, going back to Ashville, people who haven't gone to Asheville yet, I can highly recommend it. It's it's a great spot. Go check it out for sure. Okay. Well, I guess we should talk about this game. Um, and I, I will sort of lean into this a little bit. So um, 
Saturday night, we were at, my wife and I were at our 20th high school reunion, which like I had sworn, I was like, I'm never going to reunion, never doing any of this. Um, but it just so turned out that a good friend of ours who had been living in Germany for the past 10 years came back, just got back. She was like, I'm going to the reunion, like just come be there with me. And we actually had a really good time. But the flip side of that is at the end of the night, I got a message from Liz like, hey, you know, we did a full 90. And I was like, oh, yeah, what was the final score? So I knew the score was 3-3. And so I watched the game the following morning. And after the first like 20 minutes, I was like, how the hell did the battery get three goals on us? We were so dominant. I'm like, I was watching more just from like pure perplexion of like, what the frig happened here? So, guys, what what happened, Josh? Like, what was what was your take from the stands? What what were what was everybody feeling? I mean, first off, this game started out, you know, was a sixth minute we get that goal, mm-hmm. uh, Todd Warren, and it was like on high from there until pretty much halftime. Like, even after we went down, we we didn't go down a goal, but they got a goal back. It was still like you know we're sitting pretty, but it did feel like. After the second goal, something kind of clicked in the hounds where it's like, all right, we're good. It's like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> you got to keep on going. So, yeah, it, it from the stands point of view, it did feel like something just clicked out of that second goal. And it just they let their foot off the gas. They kind of thought like they had this and they didn't have it. Kev, I think that, that was the biggest. Yeah, that point was the biggest disheartening thing was because it like that feels really just unprofessional. It feels this is the wrong usage of the word here. Cause it's not usually used in sports, but it, fe- it feels like immature, like, you know, like mature teams, like experienced teams, teams that have been there and done it and won it. Like this doesn't happen to, um, especially when you're playing so well at home, um, two goals up. So, that that's what was really disheartening and and more and more i mean josh you you were the the early paul revere call about a potential worry around defensive you know defensive issues this year um and i think it's kind of coming home to roost although i will say i mean what they get their first two at least i can't remember their third but their first two off of set pieces so fine. I mean, maybe that's something that we just need to work on more and it's less about like open play, like allowing chances or whatever. But, uh, but no, yeah, it was really, it was really disheartening. Um, especially because, because yeah, I mean, that's the, it's not like we just kept our level and then Charleston raised theirs. Like it was just like, why are we taking our foot off the gas at a point in the season? That's so pivotal when Miami is right on our heels and we have them coming up next. And we, I don't know. This this has happened in the past few, maybe past couple seasons. It just feels like we just limp into the playoffs, and it's just that's guys does not give me confidence going into the playoffs. Um, but I mean, there's still time to to turn around, uh, turn it around. Yeah, I mean that comment that you, Mike you just put up on the screen. So Jay, Jay, I'll, I'll, yeah, JF put up uh, on YouTube. Who's uh, watching live on YouTube? The team got tired and Bob didn't sub. My question was going to be, how much of this do you think is coaching slash managerial? Because the battery did make some changes at halftime, and how much of this is just the players clicking out? I mean, for myself, like saying that I just got tired, and so it was essentially a coaching issue. I mean, they got the second, they got their first goal in the first half. 
that that isn't a player's being tired situation uh, because it literally is like within the first you know 30 minutes of the game and if they are tired after 30 minutes there's a bigger issue at hand here they only made one sub at halftime it wasn't like they completely you know re-evaluated what was going on and, and changed out the roster they made one sub and we actually made more subs before their third goal um than they did so it's like I don't know. I, I don't think the tired legs is a good excuse, especially after having a week off. It wasn't like it was a midweek, you know, you know, Saturday game afterwards. This was a fully rested team. No, I, I don't buy. I, I would not place this on Bob. This was the, the team itself, the players not keeping their head in the game after going up by two. What? uh I, I'm torn about how to feel because I, I do, I am disheartened that the team, it, Josh, you're right. It seemed like they just sort of checked out, um, but they did battle back. And you know, that, that goal that Dixon scored should be up for goal of the year. Um, you know, that was just incredible. Um, Williamson with a quasi bicycle kick and then Dixon smacks it out of the air, no bounce top corner. Um, it doesn't get better than that. So should we, feel bad because we basically gave up three goals you know without responding until the very end or do we feel good that the team you know at least got a point out of it and got their head straight towards the end or do we feel both do we feel both bad and good cap how, how like how, where do you sit on all of this because i was torn i was like i don't know what to feel yeah no i both i mean it, as a neutral, this game was amazing. <laughs> you couldn't ask for anything more. And, you know, great ebbs and flows in the game, six goals. Um, but I also, I, I going like the, the I think, I, I, I do think there is an issue physically. Um, Josh, you said, like, if the players are getting tired after like 35, 40 minutes and we have a bigger issue, I think we have a bigger issue. Like, I think, I think that's it. Like, I, I, all season, it doesn't seem like we've been able to put in a complete performance for 90 minutes physically and i'm okay maybe that's really hard to ask any team to do you're gonna have times in the game where you need to sit back but i mean that's not really how we play i mean we we're not really designed to set up and just absorb pressure for 10 minutes you know what this we ask our defenders to push high bob always tells them to get high and and usually when they don't it's because they're just they need a break so i don't know but it, things things kind of start to collapse and the fact that they get two goals off the set pieces you know I'm, i I, I'm, I try to watch back the highlights before we start recording and and both it wasn't like okay so the the Charleston's first goal off a set piece fine I'll give it to him uh, it was it was a really good header Dover was covering him he did a good enough job I feel like if you give if you give that Charleston player that chance again five out of a hundred times he scores so whatever um, the second one is just like people just miss headers and then and then well, Peters or Veet just don't pick up the the back post runner and he just has a clear clear shot at it and and then the third one really kind of annoyed me because it was if you look by the time uh by the time the ball goes in the net we pretty much have like one-on-one -on -one for every charleston player that's in and around the box which shouldn't happen when we're defending we have two guys going out there to press the cross and they just they don't stop it. Like if you if you have two guys, you you have to stop that cross from coming in, especially when you have two guys pressuring them. And and we just didn't get tight enough, and the ball comes in, and and so yeah, it was just it was sloppy defending. Um, I don't know if it, I mean physical, kind of physical tiredness leads to mental tiredness. Um, and the, I think the thing is because it the, the more the most frustrating is like 
that we did pick it up at the end. That is it's like you could have done that earlier. You know what I mean? Where, like, where was that the rest you. of the game? Yeah. Yeah. You like you had it in you. And 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 I think that was the frustrating part. I do think the subs made a big difference. Uh, Perez came on. I thought Perez was great. Uh Williamson, I thought was great. Um, Filarde, you know, was I think slides in Dixon like in stoppage time where and almost uh, Dixon almost gets his goal uh for the winner. Um so I thought the subs did make a difference. And I mean, going back to the comment, maybe those subs could have been made a little earlier in the game. Uh, I think all of them started around 70. Um, but yeah, it, it, just a frustrating performance because we saw moments, you know, and it wasn't five minutes either. We saw all, large portions of the game where we just in cruise control, just knocking the ball around fine, great patterns of movement and great patterns of play. We and I'm like looking at the beaters. teams. Yeah. yeah and I, I'm looking at, at that team. Sure. Bring on anyone, bring on, you know, bring on Tampa, bring on Miami, bring on Louisville. I don't care. Um, and then we just have this lapse and it's just, it just falls to pieces. And it's just, yeah, that's, that's the extremely frustrating part for sure. So going into it, Mike, you knew what the outcome was mm-hmm. watching that game. Like mm-hmm. from your point of view, where, where, like, was it after the second goal we fell apart or was it more of a situation where it looked more even than it felt watching the game live? <laughs> Not no, 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 no. I mean, it absolutely, I, like I said, after, once we got the second goal, it felt, and this has happened before this season where we get a second goal or a third goal and you're like, that's it, it's done. Like, it's over. And then somehow we click off and we let the other team back into it. And there were too many times that we were letting the battery sort of pass the ball around, um, having easy possession that just wasn't happening in those first 20 minutes. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know how much of that is game plan. Like, we're going to go out and just run ourselves to death for the first 20 and then sort of sit back a little bit. But I think what's interesting is um you know lily has seemed to favor this three at the back sort of setup i mean you sort of have wharton and dover sort of going both ways so at times we're defending with five but for the most part the three guys that we have at the back they're not shut down defenders like they're athletic guys that can somewhat play the ball and so it's it's a case of where we're, we're starting the attack with the defense in a way that we haven't seen previously with Lily teams. And so I just don't know, is this like a trade-off where it's like, we can expect three to four goals a game, but we're also going to give up two to three. And that just was never the case before. It was like, if you get one on us, you're lucky. And we're going to maybe get one or two. So it definitely looked like the team shut off, which I think is the biggest concern for me because they can't, they can't do that within these last five games. We have five games left. That's it. And then we're heading into the playoffs. And we very well could limp into the playoffs and get a fourth spot or something like that. I do think we're we're a lock to get in. Um, we're going to talk about that magic number here in a minute. But like, it's you know, as as Bill Gordon just sort of pointed out on Facebook, that was two points lost, and I don't think anybody's really sort of arguing that. Um, it wasn't great. I so. mean, one positive, one positive, that goal, the the third goal. <laughs> Holy crap. That like that goal was amazing. It was beautiful. Seeing yeah. it live was amazing. Watching the replays, like I must have watched that replay now like five, six times. Yeah. Just the, you know, the the volley from William, uh Williamson. Williamson. Yeah. Uh it was just so cool. I think a bleacher report retweeted it or like tweeted out the highlight just of that goal, and it has like almost two thousand likes now. Like yeah. it's it's definitely uh made some waves across you know, soccer Twitter and everything like that. It, it was awesome. Do we think that Williamson is back in the USL next season? 
I mean, he's on loan right now from San Jose, so it's yeah. it's not like you know, I don't, we we don't see him again. You don't like in him. on the Hounds at least not next season. No, yeah, I don't think so either. I, I mean, I, I've I've uh, heaped a lot of praise on Dixon all year long. I think he's he's one of the more creative players that we have, um, maybe the most creative player that we have, but the the foresight that Williamson had to not just try to rip it across the field like it was almost like a it was like a bicycle dink like he knew it was coming and it was just enough like it's hard enough to do a bicycle it's even harder to drop it you know within the two square feet that he needed to so that Dixon could run onto it like that um yeah that was insane I want to Give some praise to the first goal too. I love oh, yeah. the first goal. It ends, I thought it ends all up three being, goals were good. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, it ends up being a uh, just almost a tap in for Wharton, but yeah. the build up play was silky. I mean, it, and I mean, and that's I why I'm somebody... watching. I'm like, how did we give up three in this? Like, we were yeah. like sleepwalking through that. It was just it looked so easy. Yeah, I mean, it it looked very textbooky. Like mm-hmm. it's just okay, you move here, you create this space, you this, this player drives here, and then you know Cicerone whips in across, back post, happen, boom, done. Um I, I saw a saw a comment um someone someone uh, was talking about Dover before. Um I do think I I I think I was pretty critical on Dover's like first game back from injury. I I in my opinion he's getting better and better each game I see him. I thought this game he actually did pretty well. Um I, I think he he kind of starts the attack for the first uh for first goal we score. Um I think he slides in whoever lays it off to Cicerone, I think. Um but he he like he makes it he makes a pass and takes out like two or three Charleston players and um I thought you know he fine he the, his man ends up scoring the first goal off the off Charleston set piece but uh, but yeah, I thought I thought the first goal was silky as crap, and I loved it so much. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the, you're right. I I feel like I just kind of crapped all over the hounds for you know the first 15 minutes we've been talking. But there, I mean, there were positives, and it was exciting, and you know there was still really good play, and uh, you know we're still a good team. Um, so yeah, I just it, we're good, and there were good there were good moments, and it was fun. Yeah, Cicerone had a great game with those two assists uh, at the very beginning. So that there was a lot to be positive about this game. It's just it's disappointing, and that's what makes it so disappointing. Is like so much positive about this game, and like this should have been like a celebration, like being like you know, look how great our offense is, and scoring these awesome goals, and just fun to watch. It just sucks that we have to like claw back a point at the very end, you know, and come from behind draw like it's it's not great (laughs) i will say the one other thing that that really sort of intrigues me and then i'm going to hit you guys with a question to sort of close out this game um the the formation at times almost felt like a three seven zero like we would even drop our forwards back and the fact that we get that many people in the midfield moving and interchanging and you would see Griffin on one side now all of a sudden he's on the other side Lily had talked all season about like this is a tough system and these guys need to learn it and I don't I don't necessarily think that this was the goal from the start but I do think that um it's exciting and I think that there's a lot of teams that just don't know what to do when you have that many people in the midfield you don't know how to counter it and at any moment you could be sending Dixon forward um, or you could see be sending Cicerone forward or Wharton forward, and you just don't know where it's going to come from. And so I think that's 
that's awesome. I don't, that's that's not something we would have seen a Lily three years ago. Like it was a much more conservative way of playing. So, um, so I, that, I, that is something that I've been keeping an eye on and I'm very intrigued about. And I'm, I'm interested to see, especially how it fares against Miami, Tampa, Miami, these next three games to sort of give us a sense of like, can this hold up in the playoffs? Because, you know, the, the old adage of defense wins championships is an adage for a reason. And we're sacrificing defense for the sense for for the sake of you know some sort of creative offense, and uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, but guys, at the at the risk of sort of talking about this game all night, I was gonna try to close it out here with one question. We got five games left in the season. Um, we're gonna talk sort of about standings here in a second. But if you could sum up how you feel about this team heading into Miami next week with one word what would that word be one I'm word gonna, i'm one gonna word. let i'm gonna let the pause hang for dramatic effect anybody at home you're welcome to play this game as well which i'm sure you probably are so one word i mean uh, uh, first thing that came to my mind was dicey but that's just because like i don't know like it's just a mystery box you know what i mean like you never know what's going to come out of this team. It could be, you know, 4-0, or it could be a situation where we saw like today, or not today, but this week's game where it was, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Mm. So, Okay. Dicey, Kev, what's your word? I'm very similar, like unnerving. Like I'm just, <laughs> it's, yeah, same thing. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm standing on sand with this, with this team where I, I just can't trust any kind of platform that it's built on um and it feels really weird to say that because there have been times this season on this podcast where i've said i think this is probably one of the best overhounds teams i've seen and, and so i think in moments it is yeah like in moments it is it's just and yeah. and it's i think maybe at least for the past two seasons maybe even longer we've been i've been trained to feel a certain way about the hounds and that's one no wins and that like and like Lily having ball. Lily yeah, ball, yeah and 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 having greenspan or Zeal be you know captain america back there and everything's fine um and this is just not that <laughs> so like i'm maybe i'm just trying to figure out my own personal relationship with this team but yeah unnerving um and it, i i almost hate saying that because i think it does this team a little bit of um Is unjustice word? Disjustice? Unjustice? Unjustice? That's a word, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Unjustice. No one and here I, is going to check you grammatically, injustice. except for maybe Steve. Injustice. Steve might, Steve might find something in chat. So it yeah. it it does it does it, it does the team injustice um, because I think they are better than how I'm describing them um, right now. But uh, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, like this is a playoff team. There's no doubt in my mind that this is a playoff team. Yeah. I don't, I, it doesn't feel like the way we've been playing lately that we are a, you know, top of the conference team. Yeah. And uh, that sucks because I thought we could be. Steve's word, Steve Mattias, who uh, was uh, kind of filling last week after some technical difficulties said, maybe question mark, which I think is a, <laughs> that's a fair word. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say, um, and this only came to me after you guys sort of said yours. I'm going to say entertaining. And that's not a necessarily a good thing for the team's prospects. 
but like this team, Kev, like you said, could come out and win four nothing, five nothing, and they could come out and you know draw games like this that are back and forth, and that that typically doesn't make for you know a deep run in the playoffs. But who knows if we see the team that was there for the first twenty minutes and they show up for eighty against you know somebody in the playoffs is that enough to get the job done and it's it's fun to watch probably but like just don't know so i, I don't know it makes one off games up. just it just makes one off games wild because yeah it's we could, it's, we could, it's entertaining it's nerve-wracking we're gonna be nervous yeah. as all get up but like you know we we're can, not we gonna be a bored. great team yeah we yeah we can demolish <laughs> a great team and then we can lose to loudon like <laughs> <laughs> One correction. I would never say that this team is a, you know, four nothing team. I think we're a four to two. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know if we'll ever see the clean sheet, like be like the dominant, like part of this. Like, I don't expect a clean sheet. I do expect like more goals than what we get scored against. I think that says everything you need to to know right there. You guys might want to piggyback on uh, off of this, but I'm not really talking about this game anymore, but through the conversations we had about this game, um, I, I keep thinking how great it would like if you can bring one player back from last season. Uh, like who would it be? And in my mind, I think Vonkyzio would make all the difference in this team. I think he would be huge for us because I think he's he he's a player that was that would be the core center pillar of that back line. He would he would take leadership. And he's incredible at like distributing the ball out. He's he's good to play on the front foot. He doesn't need to sit back and just absorb pressure. I think he's a front foot defender, and I think Monkeyzio would be would be incredible for us. My can I don't disagree. I, my my first thought went to Ryan James, but I, the my Ryan issue James with is I, love, I love Ryan my, James. Yeah. My my issue with Monkeyzio, which I don't have an issue with him, I think he's fantastic, but I don't know if he's the anchor of a back three. And so if he's in the squad, then do you play a back three and then you lose those, you know, seven midfielders that you have in front of you? Um, whereas I think, you know, Ryan James might be able to step into that midfield and be another body. But then at this point, I don't know who he replaces. Like the, the midfield has been rather consistent in terms of what they produce. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's true. I was going to say, like, can we go to two? years back so i can say greenspan like that's that's who i who i think we need we needed someone like greenspan back yeah. uh but like obviously it's not last year's team yeah agreed well um so that's what we think about this game obviously if you guys have your your sort of one word uh that, uh, that describes how you would feel or if there's a player that you would bring back from last season that you think would slot into the starting 11 make a difference let us know hit us up on twitter at mongols or on facebook um and we can have that conversation uh you know we always enjoy the feedback but guys like i mentioned we've got five games left only two of them are away but both of them are at miami so we we travel to miami this weekend tampa's at home at miami and then our last two games are against the battery again and hartford so the team uh, sent out some information this afternoon where they basically said that, you know, pending some losses and some wins this weekend, the Hounds magic number to get into the playoffs could be two, meaning that after this weekend, it could just take two points for us to get in. Um, I ran some numbers before that, 
And it feels like our number is a little bit higher than that. Um, basically, just to sort of talk the math, uh, the battery are currently in fifth place. So we just have to do better than them. They have eight games left. If they win out, they're going to have 55 points. We currently have 48 points. So that just basically means that we need eight points over the last five games. And we'll have one more than the battery could possibly have, in which case we'd be fine. So in my mind, the magic number is closer to eight. But... If we beat the battery, then that means that, you know, we'd only need, uh, I think, three uh, to, to move on from there. So there's like a whole swing that goes in. So for now, our magic number is eight, but it, they, it all just depends on how the battery performs down the stretch. And we have a hand at keeping them at bay because we have one more game at them against them. Um, Tampa. Let's talk a little bit about Tampa. I'm going to put the, the standings up on the screen here uh, and we can just talk about sort of whether or not we actually feel like we got a shot at catching Tampa. Tampa currently has 55 points. Um, so they're seven points ahead of us and they have two games in hand. Now we are going to play them once. So we could get three points from them and that's basically a six point swing because now we get three and we're keeping them from getting three. The interesting thing is that Tampa is going to have back to back games with the battery and then they're going to play us after playing the battery on a Thursday night. They come and play us on a Sunday. So we got a decent shot at taking three points from Tampa. Um, but then they face Red Bulls, who are now officially eliminated from playoff contention. They'll play Miami. Then they play Loudon, who have also been officially eliminated from playoff contention. And then they play Vegas. So it feels like short of implosion by the hands of the battery and us, Tampa's got a pretty good strut into first place so i kind of feel like you know at this point our battle is with miami and we got two shots at them to try to keep them where they are how are you guys feeling about this whole playoff picture and sort of where we could potentially end up i mean for myself i i feel like the fact that we play miami twice is actually kind of nice because that means we hold our fate you know in our own own hands as far as if Miami can beat us or not, as far as in the standings, mm -hmm. because you know, right now they're only two points behind us and they have two games in or one game in hand on us. So in that situation, you know, one game against them, that's, that's a huge swing in points. It's a six point swing. Yeah. Yeah. And we play them twice. So yeah. it's, it's a situation where we have two, you know, bites of the apple almost uh, to get that done. If we win both of those games, it pretty much, I don't want to say it locks us in the second, but that's a thats a 12-point climb that Miami has to make to try to catch I up to us. I would say it does. If we win both I mean, it locks, games, us, uh, it locks Miami out from getting second place. That that doesn't really change. I don't know. Like I guess Charlotte's pretty far behind, so it's not. Yeah, yeah. okay. I, I, I'll, I'll concede that. <laughs> yeah. Even though Charlotte still has two games in hand on everyone. Yeah. Oh, on, on us. So it's, I don't know. Charleston still has three games and so does Hartford. I oh mean, you know, Hartford is, they, they're sitting on 30, Charleston's sitting on 31. So they've got, they do have a hill to climb. We're 17 points ahead of the battery and we're 18 points against Hartford. So I, I don't think there's any chance of them catching us. But Kev, how are you feeling about this? Yeah, I mean, it's in what Tampa, it's it, on the screen said they won their last five. I think they've won even their last six. Yeah. Um, so it's it's gone further back. Good form. I think the Miami game and the game against us could trip them up, but that, at that point, as from a standings point of view, 
unless they lose all three, which is possible. Um, I think they're 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 in first. Yeah, I, I think the two games against Miami are the biggest games we have. Um, I was gonna say the biggest games of the season, but like it's always dependent on like what part of the point you're in the season and everything. But um, my yeah, I think my it's it's a real 50-50 toss up between us and Miami for second. And and honestly, beyond that, I'm not really. I don't think Char, I don't think Charlotte or Charleston are any of our business or concern to worry about. I think they'll fight it out for fourth. I feel really confident that our basement in this scenario is third. Um, but uh, yeah, the 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 Miami games are going to be huge, and I'm and I and I'm really annoyed that both of them are away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the Miami game a little bit. So Miami, as we've said, is currently three points behind us with a game in hand. So like we said, it, this game's massive. Um, we get second spot. We get home field in the playoffs, at least for the first round. That's that's where, you know, that's where everything is right now. And their past five games, Miami's only won two. And that was against Memphis and Loudon, who, you know, as I just said, Loudon's been eliminated from playoff contention. So that was kind of a gimme. They drew to Charlotte and Charleston, and then they lost to Charlotte. It's the same with us, though. You said in the last five games, they've only won two. And in our last five games, we've only won two. I'm not, I'm not like down in them. Right. I'm just yeah, yeah. painting the picture, yeah. Kevin. So, <laughs> you know, the games where they got results, they drew to Charlotte, they drew to Charleston, and then they lost to Charlotte. So... You know, we just talked about Charlotte and Charleston really sort of battling. You know, this is this the case where the teams that are on the bubble are the most dangerous to play right now because they have the most to lose? Maybe. But Thompson looked what? fired up against us. I mean, they you could see like they wanted it. They when they got their third goal, whoever the guy's name was, he was like shushing the crowd and everything. I was like, all right, all right. Like so <laughs> yeah, they were they were up for it. Got his so, yellow card for taking his shirt off. For taking his shirt off. <laughs> Like, come on, man! Like, you didn't, even have, you didn't even have anything written on your shirt. Like, you just took it off to take it off. Like, I love it. I think that yellow card rule should be a banning. Come on, are we, are we are we trying to ban joy from the game? We should be banning joy. <laughs> How are let you him, any less celebrate. happy by not taking your shirt off than if you leave it on? Okay, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. most iconic moment in Hounds history. Okay. Miracle on the Mon. Kevin Kerr gets his goal, throws his shirt off, like. Does the arrow like come on? I, I just don't understand it. Like, I have like aches and pains just taking my shirt off to get a shower. Like, why would I be like, yeah, like rip it off? Like, I'm just uh, like, we're not, we're not USL players. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like there's so many other ways that you could celebrate. Ripping your shirt off is not the first thing that comes to mind. So, I don't know. I probably try to do like, probably sit for like eight hours a day. <laughs> I, I know. How dare you? I would you? probably like do like 12. a. What, what would your. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Real quick. What would. If you scored, what would your goal celebration be in that scenario? Josh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big knee slider. I'm, I, I was going to say, I might, be, I might be a knee slider. No, to yeah. me, a knee slider says you're, you're going to get rash, like, you know, road rash. <laughs> on your legs. Like, especially on artificial turf. Yeah. Exactly. On plastic field you're not going to do that come on now that that's asking for trouble and plus all the pellets are going to be all over you from the field like no no <laughs> mine's probably gonna be icy hot like i don't know <laughs> i might be that guy that just like runs to the goal to grab the ball and run back to midfield like i don't even know if i'd celebrate i would just be like yeah, mine's, mine's, mine's gonna be here. laying down like <laughs> you know like the whole like laying on your back with your arms out just like looking up at the sky like yeah. That, yeah. that's mine a lot, a lot less work yeah <laughs> 
Here's some. I feel like we're giving listeners a lot of homework this week. Let us know what your goal celebration would be. If you were ever in that scenario and you could score, what would you do? Um, yeah, pick up a ball boy. I still think that's one of the best ones. That was um, a really good one. Uh, going back to the discussion real fast with uh, the whole, you know, hosting a game. Keep in mind, there's a the second round. So whoever's in first and second place hosts the games. But mm-hmm. then the next round isn't by points. It's I mean, it's by points. It's not by, um, you know, where you're at in the standings. Yeah. So what that means is even though we are, let's say we're in second place for the playoffs, even if our first place team is who we're going to play against, if they have less points than us, we get home. We get home. Yeah. So, so it's it's. The first round is the home field is determined by seeding based on where you end up in your division. Yes. After that, it's basically a scramble of whoever's left. It's ranked by points and whoever has more points, that's who gets to host. Yes. So, yeah. So that's a little bit that's new, right? We didn't do that last year. Yes. And so in that situation, it's very possible that we could host two games depending on who wins the game that gets played, you know, decide who they play. Yeah. So something to keep in mind, guys, what do you, what do you think that we'll see? I mean, we just talked about how like our words for this team, you know, and consistent and nerve wracking. And what do you think is going to happen this weekend? Like Josh, give us a, give us a score prediction for Saturday in Miami. I mean, I guess the one thing I, I don't know is in the whole, you know, planning for all this, what does a draw do for us? Does it is it better for us or worse for us than it is for Miami? I don't really like thinking it through. Like it's obviously we want to win. We always want to win. That would be the best case scenario. But if we were to draw, so if we're to draw, what that puts us at forty nine points. That puts it Miami at forty six with still a game in hand. Um, which means that even if they won that game or like if they win that game in hand that they have, then what we'd be tied at that point, it'd be 49, 49 there. So yeah, the end of their season is pretty balanced too. They have excluding the games from us. They have Loudon, Tampa, Miami, and Charleston. They can't play themselves. Are you looking at the right schedule? Tampa. (laughs) I thought we were talking about Miami. We are talking about Miami. You said Miami's playing Miami. Oh, sorry. I I thought I didn't think I did. Loudon, They're playing themselves. Lou, sorry, you're right. Loudon, Tampa, New York, and Charleston. Ugh. Yeah, they get Loudon and New York, who have both. Yeah, they get two easies. So, so I, I feel like we have to win then. Like in that case, do. like it's not a situation where it's like if we, you know, grind them down to a draw, it, it benefits us more than it benefits them. Because so, that then implies that we have to win out, like because we're hoping yeah. then for them to lose. So yeah, we just got to take the three points from Miami and be done with it it's gonna be an intense game so i'm gonna say final score is gonna be three two hounds and it's gonna be a nail biter i think we go into miami and we we ruffle some feathers but thinking back to you know the games that we've played against miami previously you know we dominated those games if it wasn't for you know a fluky turnover goal by cheetah or it just you know i feel like I feel like we know what to do against Miami and it's going to be nerve wracking, but I think we get the three points and we should. What we do against Miami is we don't let Cheetah score 
Yeah, what we suck at letting them. <laughs> don't let uh, don't let Cheetah score. Kev, what are uh, you uh, what are you thinking? You're smirking over there. So, oh no, no, I'm just kind of reacting to what you're saying. No, I mean, in Miami, in Miami's last eight home games, they have six wins and two draws. Oh, don't tell um, me that. <laughs> yeah, and and that could. I mean, I've only I only looked at their last eight home games. That could extend back even further. Um, takeaway point is they're pretty good at home. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'd be, I'd be happy with a draw. I know we, we, we kind of just worked out that scenario. Um, but I'd, 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 I'd rather have like, just, all right, look, put the ball in their court. Um, let them kind of make the mistake. Cause I think if we go for it too much, then we leave ourselves exposed, blah, blah, blah. And but so, is that how you I mean, want to, is that how you want to get, we, I don't. I was gonna say. I, I don't think we have a brake pedal on this team. Like, I don't think that's the way for us to win. I think you know we kind of have to go for it, and um, you know that's fine. Um, but I'm. I'm just look. Miami. I, I like what I've seen out of Miami this season when we've played them. I think they're a good team. They're very good at home. Uh, it's getting down to crunch time. Everything matters. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be tough. If I'm being honest with myself, yeah, I'd be happy with like a one-one. Um, and you, Mike, you were saying, is, is that how I want to see the team go into the? I want to see us go in the home playoff game. I don't care how we get there, I and because honestly, if, if at some level, at some level, if we if we show this kind of switch in in style, that all of a sudden we're just we're, we're solid. I'm not, look, I'm not necessarily advocating for either, but like. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Would you? Would you? I was going to say, would you feel better if this game ended as a nil-nil draw than if we win four to three? No. Uh, no. Win. Uh, Win's always a better win. answer. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not disagreeing, yeah. but it, it, it would indicate that there's like some hope for a shutdown defense. Against a, a, a win, really a win would be huge. I think a win would be too huge for Miami to take yeah. anything else. So I'll I'll, okay. I'll take I'll take a win where they get a red card in the first two minutes, and you know we just we get a penalty <laughs> and we just whatever. I don't care. <laughs> um, but I do I I do want to see a bit more. Yeah, just consistency along the back line. So I mean, consistency would be nice, but this is a game where like a win is a win is a win. Like we need a win. Yeah, so I, I just agree. go out, get a win however you can. If you were to ask that same question about like the week after that game against uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay, I would say, you know, okay, may, maybe I could understand the logic and maybe it would be better if we had, you know, a good solid uh, defensive game against the best team in our, you know, division. That's, that's a different question though. Like against Miami, like we need that win. Um, I will say out of the two games that we're playing against Miami, the closer we are to the end of the regular season, the more I think it is important to have a nice ramp to go like, you know, into the playoffs with. I don't want to see a loss on the last game, even if that does mean that we still get second place, like against Hartford, Charleston, like I, those last three games, it would be nice to see a nice like ramp going forward and, and having that positive energy. So Given the choice between this game and uh, October 16th game against Miami, if only one was a win, I would rather the October 16th be the win just because it's closer to the end of the season. But 
I want to get this out of the way. I want us to win. I want us to like, you know, get a nice breathing room between us and anyone in third place. So yeah, however you can get that win. I was gonna say four points against the two or in the two Miami games might be enough to do it too. So like, if sure. we, that would be a gift from heaven. I would I'm love just, that. So I'm much. just saying, I'm just saying like, it's yeah. So it's, we'll see. Oh, and I was, I think, I think Charleston really painted my current outlook on this Miami game. I think if we, if we won the Charleston game right now, because of the result that we just had, I, this, this is probably the first time all season where I'm not necessarily, I'm not going into this Miami game, like relaxed and happy and excited and like, woohoo, I'm a Rounds fan. I'm going into this game like, ah, crap, <laughs> like this, this could be bad. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, we, we put so much time and, you know, and effort and, and, and work into this season. Um, and to see us kind of, you know, kind of wobble at the end would be really disheartening. And, and this just feels like a huge game to help define that situation. Yeah. Well, that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Guys, a couple other things to touch on here uh, real quick before we get out. First of all, there is a Super League. Kev, did you see this? The Super League exists. It's just that the USL decided to grab the name and uh, create their own Super League. But it is actually the Super League for the women. So this was news to me. I must not have been paying attention enough when this was announced. Uh, Earlier this year, the USL announced the W League which was the women's league. And I was thinking like, oh, this will be like the equivalent of the championship. No, the W League is actually the equivalent of like the men's league two. And now the Super League is going to be the equivalent of the men's championship. It's going to be the women's league. This is launching in 2023. I think what's very interesting about all of this is the W League, I believe, kicks off next year. And they've been announcing a whole bunch of teams that are going to be a part of that they must have enough interest from across the country to feel confident that they can also fill a super league with women's teams um, just the year after that. So they haven't announced any of the teams that are actually partaking in the super league just yet. Still holding hope, hope that, you know, Pittsburgh gets themselves a team. We'll see what happens. But um, overall, really exciting stuff. Um, I think that, you know, I know when the USL decided to sort of rebrand and have the championship and league one and league two, there was a lot of discussion about branding and colors and all of that, but it just feels like somebody over at the USL knows what they're doing and they got their crap together because the branding and the colors and all the names and everything have been totally on point. And they now have three leagues for the men. They have two leagues for the women. They also have the USL Academy, which feeds all of those um just like you know they're building a behemoth over there which is which is awesome um question for you guys so the three tiers for the men are called the championship league one and league two for the women it's super league then there's nothing and then there's the w league so if it was up to you to name that third division of the women's league what do you call it so wait a second. It, it's it's the Super League is essentially the championship. The championship. Yep. There's nothing for League One. Correct. And then the W League is League Two. W League is what it's called. The W League yes. is League Two. And then yep. it's just like the Academy after that. Yep. Yeah. So if you were if you were picking the equivalent of League One for the women's league, what do you call it? Is there some other like european failed name that we could sort of pull from and just have that be the theme josh is googling 
I am. <laughs> Furiously like, right now. What's what's Super League? Like Super League was is Super League. Super is, League. That was the whole like European. Like we're gonna leave the EPL with Barcelona. Oh, that's and right. City I'm sorry. I'm, and, I was thinking yeah. of something else. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kev, you got it. Yeah, I have no idea either. I don't know. That's because that's hard, right? Because you can't you can't play on like a numeric ordering because they've already established W League being League Two, so you can't be like W One or like or W Prime. How about that? I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, I think it should be League One, League Two. Like I, I I feel like you have Super League be the top. That's like the league that gets a name. It's a super league. And then under that, just like in USL, it's like League One, League Two. I mean, just in the men's side as well. I think that would work as if if the overarching governing body wasn't the same. I think if it was like, you know, the the NASL or not the NASL, the what the NWSL? What's the women's league? I'm totally blanking. Like the pro league on par with MLS. And this is why we shouldn't be picking a name for this. I know. know. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. But um, I thought it would be a fun exercise. I have no idea. I don't know what I would call it. Um, No, it's tough. I will say, like, yeah, I'm. I don't need to put my cards on the table because I think everyone knows. But cards, yeah. I I mean, I don't follow the the women's league as closely as I I perhaps should. Um, I don't. I don't. Haven't read about it. I haven't. I haven't stayed up on like you know women narratives and, and women perspectives on the on, on women's game both in america and globally um so i reckon i absolutely recognize my kind of shortcomings in, in my perspectives on this but i will say i think that there's no nece- there's no real reason for that i can see for like women's leagues whether it's in the us or, or elsewhere to try to kind of carbon copy what men's leagues have done in, in as far as naming structures, as far as like club affiliations, as far as really anything. I mean, if, if you have, if you have the ability, you know, like a, a lot of the kind of quote unquote rules that like in, in by momentum and inertia that the men's game follows all over the world kind of kicked off in, in the 1800s. I mean, like, like it or not, you know, there are certain structures that kind of work that way. If, if you got a chance to kind of, and I, I, I'm not saying women's leagues, you know, women's soccer is starting in 2021 and globally, it's, it has a rich history. Um, but if, you, if you're trying to make a huge, you know, a huge financial push into growing the game all over the world and you're creating new institutions and creating new uh, league structures, I think what worked for establishing, you know, leagues for men in you know the mid 1900s and, and earlier does not need to be the same structures that you 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 know need to consider for for 2020 um so kicking off on whether it's naming conventions or whatever um i think you know yeah i think that'd be good to kind of explore those creative options i did think it was i, I thought it was kind of cheeky calling it the super league i was just <laughs> like oh that's good on them that's really funny um yeah I don't know. Josh, any other thoughts on this? No, it'll be interesting. I mean, there's been talks uh, amongst the fan bases about, uh, you know, who's going to get a women's uh, Super League team. And, you know, the Hounds have been kicked around by uh, the Steel Army, like just in the discussion. And it's it's intriguing. I I think it would be interesting. I'm always worried about, you know, financials and all that kind of stuff. Like if we're going to do it, I want to see us do it right. Um, I don't want it to be like, you know, kind of just a, a side project where they barely give any funding or something like that. So it it would definitely be hard to do it right. 
I feel like with our current uh, financial situation for the hounds, like it doesn't feel like we're, you know, really rolling in money or anything like that, uh, which is the only thing that would make me not want to see it happen in Pittsburgh, just because I don't want to see it happen and it be just sad. <laughs> like if we're going to do a women's league, we should do, or be, uh, have a women's league. I want to see it done right. Yeah. I was going to say a follow up on that. I think it would be really interesting. I mean, it would be, it'd be great to get someone who's, you know, waist deep and in, into their thoughts and, and what's being written and discussed around, around these conversations. Cause I'm certainly not, but um, yeah, around that. I mean, I think it would be an interesting structure to, I think there's, I think there's an assumption. Most of what I know from the women's league, from the women's leagues around the world is honestly based in England because that's where a lot of my attention is for, for like, you know, men's soccer. And at least there it's like, you know, the Liverpool women's team. It's the, you know, Manchester United's women's. And I think there is an interesting conversation to be at. It's like, we don't necessarily need that club affiliation. You don't need this, like, you know, at the hip attachment. And Josh, I think that's what you were kind of saying. Like, you know, if this was going to be a, a super league um, in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, maybe a naive, just basic assumption would be for, like that I would have is like, oh, okay, it would be like a women's Riverhounds team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's probably not the, I mean, there are other ways to do it. Maybe that's not the healthiest way. I mean, uh, you know, and sure you get some pros because you get the immediate kind of connection from a Riverhounds fan base that's already there. They say, oh, well, we support the men's Riverhounds. Why not? Well, we should just support the women's Riverhounds. Um, so you get that. But at the same time, you get this kind of weird just relationship and it doesn't necessarily need to exist. And so, yeah, that that would be really yeah and like we we are seeing that in american sports as well as far as like the uh nwsl like they have that kind of same situation with pro teams like the the thorns are the portland timbers women's team and like that kind of stuff like i i get that that's already happening in america but at the same time and like there would be one benefit uh other benefit for the hounds is the fact that we have a great academy side for the women's uh, team like there are better <laughs> showing up team is the the women's sound or whatever they're yeah. in the academy what they're called uh but i i still like if we're gonna do it if the hounds are gonna you know dip their toe in this like i i don't want to see it be done as like a a side project that this should be like full-on investment in and yeah. looking at it as a long haul and th they very well could draw just as much, if not more, than the Hounds. Like, yeah, if you think yeah, about sure. how popular the women's leagues are, or the uh, national team is, like, and we have representation from the national team that, you know, uh, comes to the games and that kind of stuff. So it, it would be nice to see us, you know, get a women's super league team. Yep. I just don't know, like, what you're saying, if it should be the Hounds. And if it is the Hounds, I want to make sure that the money's there for it. I guess a couple thoughts and then uh, and then we'll sort of wrap up with some Premier League talk. I think one, the timing would be fantastic. I don't know if you guys talked about it. I don't think you did, but the Hounds just had a, uh, I don't know what you call it, a good uh, uh, milestone with the new training facility in that they had, uh, they raised and installed the last beam on the indoor facility. So they still have to put the shell up around it and all of that, but they had a huge thing where Tuffy was there and other people where they signed that beam before they hoisted it up. So, you know, that whole product, which we've been talking about for, it feels like a few years now, is nearing completion. I know it's still a few months out, 
But, you know, to have that and then to be able to say like, okay, the next thing is like, now we're going to get this women's team and like really sort of cement it, you know, having more games at Highmark Stadium is hopefully going to just improve the revenue of whoever runs Highmark Stadium, which at this point it's Tuffy owns the land. So, um, you know, it was it was just announced recently that I guess Pitt's lacrosse team is going to be using Highmark Stadium as their like home stadium. So having other teams play there, not just from a facility standpoint, from, but from a revenue standpoint, it makes sense. The idea is out there. It's already being implemented. So I think you would just have to figure out the uh, the technicalities of, you know, front office and, you know, how do you make all of that run? And I think that's a situation where if you could potentially lean on the Riverhounds as a club that already has a lot of that infrastructure in place and just say, okay, you know, ticket office, you know, in addition to selling tickets for the Hounds, you're selling tickets for this ladies team or this women's team as well. Um, that could help get over some of that financial burden. But I agree, if you're going to do it, do it right. Um, but I think there is a lot of pride in the fact that the Hounds are one of the oldest teams in in the USL. And to be able to have a team that's there in sort of the inaugural season for the Super League and potentially be there 10, 15, 20 years down the road to say that we were one of the inaugural teams, um, I think that's great. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I think everything that you guys said is fully valid. And so it makes me think that it's less likely to happen. But if it does happen, I think we're all going to be really excited and be willing to jump on the bandwagon and get behind that team. So, um, and I mean, you know, to the point of there are a lot of women's fans, there are literally people that I've met out here in Westmoreland County that probably know Jack Diddley about the Hounds, but they have gone to a couple of women's national teams and absolutely support them to the end of this earth. So like, that's a that's a whole nother fan base that you would be pulling from that you could then potentially get into being Riverhounds. Like the two of them could totally build off each other. So yeah, who knows? Um, but it's exciting times. So definitely worth checking out and keeping an eye on what's going on with the Super League. Um, guys, just to wrap things up here a little bit, Premier League full swing, lots of drama, lots of craziness going on. Kev, Liverpool is now in first place with 14 points. There are one, two, three, four, five teams beneath them at 13. Uh, Villa is in eighth with 10 points, so only four points back from the leader. How are we feeling about this season thus far? Uh, yeah, I think it's a super exciting ex- season. Um, it's still super early. Yeah, uh, Six games. Know, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how, how it all shakes out maybe after 10. Um, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I I really like Liverpool's team this year. Um, I think for the first time in a, in a long while, it feels at least right now at this stage, there's you know well more than two teams uh, that have a legitimate shot at winning the winning the title this year, uh, which I think makes things super exciting. I hate United, but it's really excited to have Ronaldo back in the league. Um, that's been fun. Aston Villa beat him one nothing this weekend. So yeah, I, I watched the game. Villa looked good. I, I mean, I, I really like. I really enjoy watching Villa. I mean, yeah, Josh Everton are, are looking great. So yeah, I mean, we should all be pretty happy right now. I was gonna say, Josh, how are you? Like, we're pretty happy. How are you feeling? No, it's it's, it's doing good. It's just a weird situation right now with Everton because like player acquisitions not going the greatest, and then selling our players. It's like. You know, all of our best players like, oh, we just sold him. Oh, we just sold him. Okay. Or, or, yeah, the James Rodriguez thing is really weird. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's great financially for them to to have him off there and like now they yeah. have more money to get a new player. Um, but it's a situation where it's like, okay, but wh- wh- who's left to play until we get new players? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Mike, I'm guessing you're feeling pretty good about Pella. I am, um, you know, largely because the the money that they spent on players, they haven't really even gotten. I mean, they have gotten a return on Danny Ings has scored a few goals and had some assists, but Leon Bailey came in and had a game against Everton and then, you know, tore his thigh. So now he's out until after the international break. Buendia with the whole international thing isn't up to speed yet. So like we haven't even seen some of the money that they've splashed yet. Um, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine from work about the dynamics of soccer. And I think one of the things that really excites me is all of the young players. We talked about this a little bit, that Aston Villa is promoting up through the system. So Jacob Ramsey, who I think is 20, uh, Carney Chukamweka, who's 17, uh, Cameron Archer, who they threw on at the end against City, I think is 19, um, which is exciting. That was one of the reasons why I really got into Barcelona a few years ago was because of all this academy product and they're like teaching the system and it's all coming through naturally. But the concern is that once you get to a certain level, like none of that matters. Like then if you want to stay at a level, you have to have the best players and you can't be focusing on promoting youth. So I just saw an article today about how like City are interested in buying Jacob Ramsey. And again, I'm like, you City, like I don't <laughs> like get lost, go develop your own talent instead of stealing people. And what uh, that there was Tottenham or Liverpool uh, were interested in Ollie Watkins. And it's just like that's just that's the new reality that i'm sort of living in is just like well you really like these guys and then some big money comes along and bye-bye so i don't know how aston villa sort of fights through that big game against tottenham this weekend we'll see what happens there but uh yeah so i'll I'll say too i mean it's less about epl stuff but you know as we're coming to the post ronaldo post messi era um, and we have the likely candidates of Mbappe and Holland. Um, I've been from afar and from highlights. Uh, I mean, Mbappe is obviously incredible. I love, he's, a, it, but Erling Holland, man, my God. In for, for since he, since he moved to Dortmund, 47 goals in 48 games. <laughs> like, yeah. That's insane. Dude's, dude's a freak. Yeah. It's insane. And I love, I, I love watching him play. He's just, man, I would not want to want to go up against him. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I think even though we're, we're doomed and we're doomed for a little bit of a, just pro, from probability standpoint of a little bit of a lull, after like Messi and Ronaldo leave um, just because they rewrote history and um, Holland and Mbappe look like they're, they're picking up the torch and and carrying it pretty fast. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see the players they grow into. Do you think, I I mean, I know there was a lot of talk about what Holland going to, was it Chelsea? And then they got Lukaku instead. Yeah. I I, I can't remember what the talk was in the off season. Don't know, don't care to the point where I, I care about, I, I think the financial system in Europe right now is really interesting. Um, yeah. We talked about it before. I think there's only a handful of clubs. Things are getting splintered, more and more splintered. And unless you're backed by an, an oil nation state, then, you know, you can't buy <laughs> the best players. Yep. And so it's, uh, so I think the financials of Europe are really interesting. So I think it's interesting in that sense. But um yeah, for now, I just want to enjoy him at Dortmund, and I want to enjoy Mbappe at, at PSG. Yeah. 
I don't disagree. Um, guys, I think that's it for this one. You guys have anything else that you want to add? Josh, you're shaking your head now. Um, is there a watch party for this weekend? Do you know? To, There's to not. To say? There's not. No. Okay. no watch party. So find a comfy spot to, to watch Miami from, uh, you know, your own home and scream at the TV as loud as you can to try to egg the guys on and make sure you have plenty of space to, to walk back and forth in front of the screen. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was going to say, try path. not to break anything and yeah, keep it all together. And, uh, yeah, it's, it'll be good. It's going to be good. Don't worry. It's going to be great. It's going to be entertaining. That's how we'll end this. So thank you everybody for, uh, for watching and joining us as always. Make sure you have it on mongols.com. Click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. Uh, weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter, uh, as always. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? I know I am. Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kits today at icarusfc.com. Looking for more great USL news? Head over to bgn.fm where we've now got over 100 fans and players that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Our buddy Hugh Roberts just released a brand new backyard footy this week that was amazing. Go check that out. Um, Lots of great features always going up on the site every single week. Go check them out at bgn.fm. Otherwise, thanks again, everybody. I promise we will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.